the whole book of Exodus. Read the book of Leviticus. Get an understanding of God's word. Because some people say that the Old Testament is done away and we don't even need to read it. I'm telling you, everything in the Old Testament prophesies of all things that are coming. And then you have a basis and a foundation for it. Don't buy into that. These are the distractions that we've got to get out of our minds and out of our thinking and renewal and focus on the Word of God. So he tells us the Feast of Weeks, it is seven weeks from Resurrection Sunday to today. Seven weeks. That's why it was called Feast of Weeks. What does the number seven mean in God's gematria? It means completion. It means he created the earth in six days. On the seventh day it was done and he rested. Come on. In seven weeks, seven times seven is what? Forty-nine. So it's actually Resurrection Sunday. For it's the 50th day. You count Resurrection Sunday. And when we come to this, we can come and we can shout. We can shout Jubilee. Now, then in the fall, there is another harvest. And we know that as the Feast of Ingathering. We know that as called the Feast of Tabernacles and all the holy days that come during the great harvest. All of these represent so much spiritually. Passover is resurrection life. Jesus overcame the blood of the Lamb. He became our Passover Lamb. Amen? He fulfilled that feast. Then we had Pentecost in Acts 2 that we're going to read from today. That is Pentecost. It was not known as Pentecost until then. Pentecost, the term Pentecost is a Greek term. It had never been used before. They were coming to celebrate the Feast of Weeks. These feasts God commanded in his word. When you read Exodus and Leviticus, he commanded all the males, and the women got to come too, and children came too. But if you had a son, a child that was 12, you were that was under the mandatory come into Jerusalem to meet with God and celebrate those days. Amen? I want to tell you something. God's been speaking so much, I've just been writing. So I wrote four pages of notes yesterday after everything I've been talking to God about. And then this morning I got up and I wrote four more pages. So I'm telling you, i got to cram here today and get this to you. But I want you to have this foundation. These are not, some people will tell you, oh, those are Jewish feasts. I'm here to tell you that is incorrect. If you read in Leviticus, it does not say, God doesn't say, these are my Jewish feasts. He said, these are my appointed times. These are my feasts. When Moses came out and they came out of Egypt, it was a mixed multitude. There were more than Jews in that group of people. And God has always had a mixed multitude. He's always grafted in. He's always brought in a stranger. This is for all of us. Amen? It's for all of us. This appointed time. These did not end. These did not end with the New Testament. Jesus was... You can read in your New Testament, Jesus was keeping the feast. He said, I didn't come to destroy all the, all the laws. I came to fulfill them. And he set the pattern. So we fulfill it. So we have fulfilled Passover when we come to Christ and we receive him as our salvation and our Savior. And now we're coming to Pentecost. And Jesus told them, I'm going, it was prophesied in the Old Testament. And Joel, I'm getting way ahead of my notes. i got to stay online here. But I don't want you to miss anything. But I wanted you to know how this all came about. So today some people are just observing this like a holiday. But it's not. It's an appointed time. There's always another layer and an impartation. And we're going to read. And after Jesus ascended to heaven, you know, just before he ascended, you know, after the cross, he rose up. He was hanging out there for 40 days. 
I just told you it's been 50 days since Resurrection Sunday at Easter, for those of you who understand the term. 40 days after his resurrection, he hung out with them. He talked to them. He talked to the two guys on the road to Emmaus. He, he, he talked about that impartation. He talked about how is it that you don't know this? Look in the five books here of Moses. Read about me. This testifies of me. This tells you what was going to happen. Right? Remember, what did they say in the end when they were sitting there? They didn't recognize him. They didn't get it. But what did they say to each other after he left and disappeared right in front of their eyes? He said, how was it that our hearts, I'm paraphrasing here. I'll give you the scriptures in a minute. It's in Luke. How was it that our hearts were burning inside of us when he was talking to us? And at that moment, he came with an impartation, an impartation of revelation, knowledge. An impartation of revelation, knowledge. These are the things that were happening for 40 days. And when he was done and he gave the great commission, he said, I want you to wait here for 10 more days. We've all hung out. There were thousands coming in because they were commanded to come and observe the Feast of Weeks, as they had for millennia. Okay? They were coming in. The streets were clogged. Many, because of what had happened when Jesus was crucified, many never went home. They said they were hearing the stories that Jesus was appearing, and they were staying there to see if they could see him. I mean, that's that's what you would do, right? Heck no, I'm not going home. I, if I get a chance to see him resurrected, I want to see this. I want to be a witness. I want to be, be able to say what Jesus did. And this is what was going on for 40 days. Remember, they're still afraid. They're still sniveling. They're doing everything with caution because they're afraid they might be the next one crucified or be recognized. So they had caution. They had fear of man on them. Jesus told them to wait. When he ascended, he gave gifts to the church. You'll read about these gifts in Ephesians. Look in the book of Ephesians. Read through all the chapters. It's about the mysteries of God. And it said when he ascended, he gave gifts to the church. And those gifts are apostles. Those gifts are prophets. Those gifts are evangelists and pastors and teachers. And when he was done and he'd given them their commission and he'd imparted encouragement and he had imparted Revelation, knowledge, and understanding says, now, I'm going. But I'm sending a helper. I'm sending you a helper that is going to bring to your remembrance everything I've said to you. I know you're thinking, how can we remember this? You can't leave. We've got more questions. No. He said, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit, and he's going to help you. And he's going, you're going to recall. I want to say right now, part of what I want to tell you is God has been sending the Holy Spirit to you. He's, there's been an awakening. An awakening. And some of you don't just want to roll over and go back to sleep. That's what God said. He said some of you want to roll over and go back to sleep. He does not want you to go back to sleep. He wants this awakening to come. He wants you to be like the two guys on the road to Emmaus that your heart burns. Because you have to be awake to get and receive this impartation at this appointed time, at this moment in history. You all know because of what we've been experiencing, COVID-19, we're always hearing unprecedented but I want to tell you, that is a prophetic word, but get the distraction off of COVID-19 because we are in an unprecedented moment and mark of the history of the world. 
right now. And that is nothing but something to distract you. God has given you. God has given you a Selah moment. That means a pause and reflect moment. Some of us are being called back to work now. We may have wasted that time that we had. And for those of you who had to continue to work and never got a day off, God was calling and wooing you to come and spend time in his presence, wasn't he? Yes, he was. He was trying to remind you of all the things he's told you personally, all the hopes and the dreams that he's put in your heart. Sometimes we meet that with rolling over and going back to sleep in our complacency and our spirit of stupor. Or we wake up. We wake up. And we receive what he's there to give us. I'm sorry I'm yelling, but I'm just excited. I am purposed with intentional pursuit. I can't help it. We heard these words about authority this morning. I, I cannot be silent. I'm going to rattle cages for the Lord. I am ripping off the fear of man and my worries about insulting or offending you with the truth of the word of God. This is the word of God. This is Pentecost. Now, they were up there. They went to the upper room. When a group of us went to Israel just a couple of years ago, And it's such an amazing moment for me. It's how I responded. When I was in the literal place of the upper room where this spirit of God blew in through those windows. Some of the bases of the actual pillars are still there. This was a huge place. We think of an upper room. I don't know what you think, but I never realized it was so darn big. It was big. There were at least 120 people there. That's what they numbered, and we don't know how they numbered that. But we know Jesus' mom was there, and Mary Magdalene. There were women there. It wasn't just men. They were gathered, and they were waiting, like Jesus said, wait for the Holy Spirit to come. He didn't know what that was going to be. All their other understandings, that Jesus was going to conquer the world and stay there and set up his kingdom, that, those, those hopes had been dashed. Those doctrines and ideas that they talked about for decades and you know, years and years were gone. And he's saying, you're going to do it. You are going to do it by my spirit, by the power and the authority of the blood of Jesus Christ. He has given us the power. He has given us the authority. He wants you to wake up and understand. You have a new credential. You have a new ID card. You know, they want to put this vaccine and all the conspiracy theorists are saying, you know, they're going to give us this vaccine, they're going to be able to track us, and da-da-da-da-da. Well, guess what? We're going to know who you are, where you are at every moment. This is nothing new because your Heavenly Father has given you a new ID card. It says you are a child of God. You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. That's your identity. Don't let the world give you something else. And when somebody tries to, you are to be a mouthpiece to speak. But how can you speak if you don't know? How can you speak if you don't know? The word tells you everything you can get here. Some of you, you know, uh, we used to meet here three, four times a week for teachings and Bible study. And then people didn't want it anymore. They wanted to watch their TV programs. They didn't have DVRs. They can't record it. Gee, we don't want to miss that program. I'm really into that. Can't can't we make this a different night? Can't we do this? Can't we do that? They lost their hunger. They became lukewarm. 
we're like, yeah, we'll read our Bibles. We can do it on our own. We do our, we've got uh, ordered Bible studies, and we study the Word. Yeah. There's nothing like coming together. He, the God's Word says, study the Word of God and show yourselves approved so that you have an answer, so that you have knowledge and an answer of what God's Word is for every man that would ask you a question. He didn't plan on somebody asking you a question and say, well, you've got to come to church with me or I'll give you my pastor's number. You hear me? Oh, you can call Deb Lamphere. I heard talk about that at church. It was pretty powerful. I don't know much about it, but... You understand? That's why I took time to tell you what this feast is about. This is about power from on high. This is about an awakening. This is the fiery presence of God. This represents when God's finger, when they came out of Egypt and he wanted to take the fiery finger of God and write his laws upon their hearts. But they were too afraid. So were the disciples afraid when they were sitting in that room. But the the blowing of the wind of the Holy Spirit came in, and it blew everything out. It not only blew it out of the room. You know, sometimes you can walk into a room where there's been some stuff going on, and you just feel that presence. Stuff. Right? It can be anything. Gossip. Depression, naughtiness. Come on. There you go. He not only blew out what all the conversations that had happened over that 50 days in that room. Man's speculations. He blew it out. He blew it out. It was roaring. It was rushing. It couldn't be denied. It manifested out of nowhere. It's like, what is this? It's a rush of wind. We had a rush of wind yesterday, didn't we, Lonnie? In our hair, I don't know where it was, where you were, but we had a rush of wind, and the winds just started blowing, blowing, blowing. And Lonnie says, is that wind or is that rain or what? But the winds were blowing and blowing and blowing. And in this case, it not only blew stuff out of the room, it went through them and blew stuff out of them. It pierced them body, soul, and spirit. And with it came an impartation. And God began to write on their hearts with the finger of God, his heart's desire. He released courage into them, boldness, power. They were no longer cowards after that. They came out and began to preach. And the Holy Spirit manifested on, uh, upon them. And the word of God, we're going to read it in a minute because I want to read it to you for those of you who have never even read this story. You're new to this. And here it comes. How much fear of man do you have? How much are you worried about what somebody else thinks about you? There's one identity. It's in the new creation man that was released to you in the baptism with Jesus Christ. When they went to be baptized by John, and we went to the river in Israel, and we got our baptism, and it was a rush, and it was awesome. And doves were all around the place. You know, doves come back to where, to where they were born. Generations, they keep coming back to the same place. And they build nests in the same place. So... Very possibly, some of those doves that were there that day were part of the generations of the family of the dove that descended upon Jesus when he came up out of the water. And God said, this is my son, whom I am well There's baptism. Some of you, I mean, maybe you need another dunk. Maybe you didn't get it right the first time. You know, maybe you guys got sprinkled when you were babies and you had no say in it. Your parents took you to be baptized. There is a empowerment. There's an empowerment that comes. And John said, 
my, you know, I'm paraphrasing here. He was saying, yeah, well, I'm baptizing with water. But there is one that is going to come. And he was talking about Jesus. And he said, and he's going to baptize you in fire. Baptism of fire. The baptism of fire. And this feast of Pentecost was about the baptism of fire. 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 It set them on fire in their bones. It set their soul on fire. It set their heart on fire. It burned up. It was a consuming fire. It consumed up the fear. It consumed up the complaints. It destroyed the pebble in the shoe. It got the, all distractions came down, and there was a focus that came in, and there was an awakening that came in, and there was a shaking. There was shaking, shaking, shakings that came. Peter got up, and they were speaking in another language. They started speaking in tongues. The Bible tells us there are tongues of other nations, and there are tongues of angels. And the Apostle Paul said he spoke in both of them more than anybody else at the time. But he says, I'd rather that you prophesy so all men can understand. But there's nothing wrong with speaking in tongues or speaking it and getting an interpretation from God and exercising your spiritual senses and bringing a right now word from God to a moment. It needs to happen. This is supernatural. This, these are the mysteries of God. This is supernatural. This is supernatural. Fire. 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 This is Pentecost. In those days at the Feast of Weeks, it was a holiday. And it was a holy holiday. It was a holy appointed time. And you weren't to do any work. And nobody, all the stores were closed. It was party time. It was a day off. Everybody came to celebrate the goodness of God, the greatness of God, the goodness of God. It was amazing. It was amazing. So I'd like to read. Let's uh, <clears throat> let's read. Let's let me read through all my notes here. Um. So it was a time of empowerment. And I'm here to ask the question. You know, they've been living in chaos, much like we are. We've been living in chaos. The world has been living in chaos. It's called COVID chaos. COVID-19 chaos. Not wondering this and what's going to happen. We have to see inside. Gee, it's fear, fear, fear. It's what if I touch this? Is, did somebody touch this grape? How many minutes do I have to rinse it? I mean, it's all those things. Come on. Come on. I know where you live. Because I know all the distractions of fear. Get your focus off God. Get your focus off praying in the spirit to destroy this evil virus that is What are we in right now? My heart's been breaking all week over George Flynn. And what happened? And the riots that are going on. The nation has even more chaos going on. We have to speak to these things. I looked at some of the black religious leaders, and it's all that rhetoric that I've heard for years. It has nothing to do with God because he does not look at you by the color of your skin. He looks at your heart. He created you in his likeness. He loves you. He loves his creation. We're out there making it some racist. I hate it. I hate evil, and I am allowed to hate it with a passion that God hates it. 
Abba, Father, is crushed by this injustice. And we come up with our own theories of how we're going to do this. Well, we'll just let people riot. Let's let them destroy more. It's just destruction. It is a distraction. It is Satan's counterfeit for the solution to injustice. It is Satan's counterfeit to the solution for justice. There's only one justice. And that comes from God. There's only one true justice. And it comes from the kingdom of God being manifest on the earth. So I ask you, if Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you, he said the kingdom of God is within you. That justice is within you. What is your part in bringing true justice to the situation? I live in a very liberal and left-minded place in the United States. I don't think that way. I think middle of the road Jesus and what the word of God has to say and what God's heart is. He loves his creation. And this has to stop. It must stop. But the only answer to hate is the love of God. And I'm not talking about the ooey gooey mushy, oh Jesus loves you, da 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 da. No, I'm talking about the power of the true love of God that will wipe out hate. And the only way you get that is by laying hold of the master himself. The only way you tune in to the love of God is laying your ear upon his chest to hear his heartbeat, to hear what's important to him. The only way you can get that love is to open your heart and, 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 and allow him to come into your heart. Because the word says, him that has sinned much lives, loves much. So I know that true lovers, people that I associate with love, must have had a lot of sin in their life. Because that's the only way. Otherwise, you will judge. You will counterfeit his love, and you will judge this, and you will judge that, and you will do what the Pharisees did, and, and be all pried up that you're so good and nobody's as good as you are. There's no way you can love yourself until you see the love of God and you realize how much he loves you and that nothing you could do would ever stop or separate you from that love. We live in chaotic times. It is no different other than we are 2,000 years closer to the return of Jesus Christ for the final harvest, for the final and great harvest. There will be two more resurrections. There will be another resurrection coming. The Bible talks about two resurrections. And then it talks about the second resurrection when everybody is brought up to the white throne judgment. Maybe you'd like to have a Bible study with you. Maybe you want to come back. Maybe your heart is going to burn like the two guys on the road to Emmaus. And you go, I guess I don't know everything. I guess something's up. I guess there must be something going on. Is he awakening you? Is he stirring your heart? We've got lots of things to repent for. Sometimes the church says, what do we repent for? We're saved. <laughs> We've got plenty to repent for. We've got to stand in gap for the world. We can repent for the world. We can repent for our family. We can repent for the man that murdered George Flynn. I am praying for God's justice. There's true justice in this situation. 
in my prayer closet, in my soul. Do you understand? I'm protesting against the injustice and the accuser of the brethren. I am protesting the answer and solution that is being sold across the media. There's only one answer. There's only one. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. We will not have life without him. I am a witness to that. I am a transformation in progress. So are you. I am a testimony. I have seen him. I have heard him. I know what he desires in this hour. Let us be awakened. Let us be awakened. We live in this time of chaos. But I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. The church must come together and pray in the spirit. Pray that we are awakened, empowered by the Holy Spirit. We've got to come together. We've got to start speaking God's truth into that situation and every situation we stay forward. We can't be distracted. People throw every distraction at you possible. Whatever it is, he doesn't care what it is, just anything. Don't fight the bait. Stay focused on God. Stay focused on this time. Stay focused on this marker and this season. Unprecedented season in God. You see, he's calling us to repentance. He's calling us to holiness. How many of you has the Holy Spirit been talking to you about a sin that you haven't seemed to be able to overcome? Something in your life that you don't like, that you know is right, and you just try to ignore it because you've tried every possible solution and it still keeps popping up its ugly head. Pentecost is about deliverance. You don't have to fear that thing anymore. Get it out. Get it in the open. Pull it out. Put it on the altar before God. And say, here it is in all its ugliness. I could call forth the name of what those sins could be, but you know what they are. You know what he's been bothering you about. And you're just like, I am not going there anymore. I've prayed about this in the past. It's time for deliverance. It's time for change. It is time for repentance. It is time for the fear of the Lord. It is time to fear God. And not be afraid of him, but I mean the reverence and the awe and the power of the greatness and the majesty and the wonder of God. You are wondrous, O God. You are great. There's nothing you can't do. When we get in that flow, we will find peace. We will find peace like the river. His holy presence and the weight of his presence. He'll call you to bow down. He'll call you to cry out and say, Sorry, God, what have I been doing? Righteous living. What are our expectations? He wants us to go deeper. You see, this is a time he's given you to realign. It's a time for realignment. Lonnie took the car in and got the car service and changed the oil. Let's turn that into a Holy Ghost story. I guess the Holy Spirit wants to because it certainly wasn't in my notes. But, you know, oil represents the Holy Spirit and the anointing. But sometimes your vehicle has to be aligned. Or it's always trying to lean to the left. Or it's trying to lean to the right. He wants to realign you right down front and center into his perfect will. Into his perfect destiny. He wants the good for you. His plan isn't evil. It's not bad. He has a destiny for you and you and every person. It isn't just for me. It's every one of you. And sometimes the road is hard, but he gets our attention because we can so easily trip. This is a season of alignment. You get in alignment with God and position yourself. A time to praise him. A time to pause and reflect. A time to repent of your idols and the oppression of sin in your life. In this room, is anybody convicting you? Is God convicting you of any sin? Just, 
you don't have to confess it right now to me, but is he convicting you of anything that you he wants you else to do? I'm seeing some head shaking. Well, he better be, because I pray for that for you. I pray that you be convicted. I pray that he's convicting you of the way you're living. I'm praying because he wants his holiness to be upon you. He wants the flame of the fiery flame of his presence to be on you. He wants you to glow with fire. And sin is darkness. And sin smothers out the fire until you go cold. And the only thing that keeps those coals going, you can look by a campfire and really think you could step on it and never know there was one little ember left Thank God that the Holy Spirit kept that ember going on in our lives right now. Let the breath of God blow on it until there's a fire and a spark. Let the Holy Spirit add fuel to the fire. And these are what the word of God is today. Fuel. Laying logs on your fire. That's what God is speaking out today. This is his word. I'm throwing the logs on your fire. Only he can ignite it. Set your heart on him in these days. Don't walk away with regrets. Because this move of his spirit will start with you or without you. It will start with you or without you. God is calling us to build with him. He's bringing the shaking to us in love to bring us into alignment. It's significant. God's going to capture our hearts again. I'm writing things that he told me this morning. God is going to capture our hearts again. The fire of God and the presence of God is going to cause you to start crying out and people to start crying out. Pentecost encounter, that's what they had in the upper room. Pentecost encounter with the fire of his love. A wooing of the love of God. Deliverance from things that have held you down. Capturing your heart. Oh, Lord God. There's lots of warfare that comes, you see, uh, leading up to Pentecost. They had warfare at Pentecost. But we are overcoming. Pentecost is a shift into the victory of the Lord. It's a signal of the time of greater new manifestations of God. It's a marker of God revealing himself, provoking wonder, fear of the Lord, holiness and righteousness. It's the impartation of the Lord. Deliverance, boldness, and humility, fiery deliverance of the fear of man. The Lord saying we must be bold in this hour. That's how it started out. With our sister coming up and bringing that word, we must be bold. We must position ourselves that way. We must be ready. We, we only have an hour with you right now on, on the live stream. About an hour. It's not enough time. You can't wait for me to pump you up with fuel, logs that the God gives me to put on your fire. And then finally, you know, pray for a little flame. Be in here. Be ready. Be ready to have the Holy Spirit blow on you and ignite you as part of this great unified fire of the Spirit over each person because you have something to offer. A mighty rushing wind. He's turning hearts. I'm going to speak the word of the Lord. Can you say that with me? That I will speak the Lord. Can you, can you say that for yourself? I will speak the word of the Lord. No matter what the cost is, no matter what people might say, can, can you say to to your friends who, who have been to church there ever, and you say, "I'm going to church." Hey, hey, we see that you checked in at Praise Chapel. What, what are you doing there? What, what what are you going down? What's new? What's going on with you? God is stirring my heart. I'm being drawn. God is drawing me back to Him. I I just have a 
I have a desire and a hunger to learn more about him. I, I, I wasted a lot of years, and I, I need to know what his word says. I want to understand his heart in this hour. I'm a son. The Lord's saying we must be bold. Embrace the shaking. Embrace his conviction. Come on. Ask him to examine your heart. Let him forgive you and cleanse you. It's that easy. You don't have to run from God. Let him, let him purify your heart. Pentecost signals for us a mighty wave of his greatness. Amen. Unprecedented. Unprecedented. If you want to use that term, unprecedented, I see it in every, I just cringe. I don't want to hear about it. I want to hear about unprecedented times with God. The power of the Holy Spirit to come into a meeting. And that I don't come in here and just preach another word and, and give you my heart with the word of God that's, that's, that he's using my mouth to share. And that you go home and you come back the same way. Please. I can't handle it. I just can't. Don't. You know, sometimes your mama would say, don't make me have to come in there. Don't make me have to come back in there, kids. Don't make me have to come out there and shake you. But I might have to do that. There's a shaking going on. I want to be part of the shakers and the wakers and getting the church to wake up. I can't let you be there. You can't live. We can't afford to live how we have been living. God is asking you these questions, and these are the questions he gave to me this morning. Will you partner with me? Will you partner with me? God's asking you, will you partner with me? Pastor has been spending weeks about as in the days of Noah were. God got Noah to partner with him in building something that he'd never seen before. You see what's coming now. And it's being marked. This Pentecost is a mark of it in the time. God's saying, will you come and partner with me? Will you come and build? Will you be laborers of the harvest? Will you begin to come and partner with me and lay the foundation that will save the world? Will you partner with me? God is saying, this is his other question, will you build with me? Will you rise up in holy confidence? Will you rise up in your true identity? God's asking you these questions today. Will you rise up out of defeat? These are serious questions. Will you rise up out of defeat? Will you get up again? that brings repentance shakes off complacency. I'm going to say that again. God wants to say Fire of his conviction will shake Many will see greater revelation. You know. Is that you today? That's what he said. He said many. I hope it's all of you. That's my hope. That is my cry. Don't allow fear. say yes? Then I want to hear a yes. God wants to hear it. Not just for me, but God wants to hear your yes. Will you say yes? Use my voice. Use my voice to speak against injustice. Use my mouth to preach the gospel. 
Use my mouth. Say yes. Use my mouth to declare God's greatness. Yes. Yes. Isaiah 43, verse 19 says, Behold, I am doing a new thing. And we all know that. But there's a question that comes quickly after it. Will you perceive it? Will you perceive it? Oh, my God. When he highlighted that to me last week, how many are not perceiving the new thing he is doing? You can't come in here and celebrate Pentecost like we did last year or the year before. He's doing a new thing. But will you perceive it? It only comes from God, Pentecost, encounter. The impartation that the two guys on the road to amaze, I keep giving you that story. But they didn't recognize him. They didn't perceive it until after he'd spent time with them and revealed things in the word and gave them understanding. Will you spend time in the word and get this This is the season of the unexpected. It's a tidal wave of destiny for the bride of Christ. It's the hours where you will take your place in his identity. Your best days are ahead of you. They're ahead of you. Don't, don't characterize the future by your past. Look at the disciples on Pentecost. They had a sordid past. But the days changed in a moment of time. Unprecedented acceleration. Unprecedented. That day, they preached, and 3,000 people who thought, some of them thought they were drunk and had been drinking. It was only 9 a.m. 3,000 people. And the message was, repent for your sins. Read Acts 2, all the way to 4. Read what happened. And they began to and say, what can we do? And he said, what you can do is repent for your sins that took Jesus to the cross because let me tell you, the sins that you're still living in right now nailed him to it. It caused him to suffer in order to pay the price. Let that be real. Let every time that you're doing something God's been speaking to you to get a grip on, and to get deliverance from, let, that, let Jesus' face and the torture he went through to save you and cover you and forgive you for that sin. I guess he's never. But what is it going to take? What is it going to take? Will you take your place? God will introduce the church again to the greatness of his power. Receive this awakening in this alignment. Coming, whether you're ready or not. It's coming. God is coming. We're going where we've never been before. How do we make ourselves ready? By knowing the ways and wisdom of God, by reading his word, by humility, and don't thinking that you already know everything. Because the disciples thought they knew everything, and guess what? They didn't. They had the greatest high priests and teachers thousands of years, and they didn't know a thing. Let God have an encounter with you and let him correct you. Let him correct you and align you. He wants to release his revelation and he wants to re release specifics, things to do right now. He wants to release impartations to those he can trust his heart with. Can he trust his heart with you? He wants to trust his heart with those who will take 
will do what he's showing him to do. It will obey him. So the glory will come. The power of God manifests in your obedience and be filled with the Holy Spirit and position yourself. Go to God and say, let's pray. If you want more today and you're here and you want this word, then I just ask you to stand with me wherever you are. Wherever you are, if you want to come forward, I don't care. We can get together. I want you, if you want more, if God has touched your heart today, if you want to be set free, if you want deliverance, if you want the fiery finger of God to be touching your heart, if you want to be shaken, if you want to be awakened out of your complacency, that's what you're standing up for. That's saying, God, come and use me. Deliver me. Set me free. Then let's all say to God, God, I want you, God. I want you, God. I want you, God, and I want to surrender. I want to surrender to your will. I want to, I want to yield to you. I don't want to go my way anymore. I, I don't want to be distracted anymore. God, I surrender. I, I long to obey you, God. I know that you're here. I know that you hear the sound of our voices and the heart cry. God, in the heaviness, we want to unload these burdens. We want to get rid of the sin. God, we repent for the complacency or whatever these sins are, Lord. We repent. We just, just tell them, you, you're, just repent. We want a change. We want true change. This, we don't want just some day that we walk away and we come back the same tomorrow. Lord, we're, we're saying we want to receive the baptism of fire today, afresh. Another manifestation of the baptism of the all-consuming fire of God in this hour. That's what we're longing for. That's what we're crying out for, God. And, and, and say to him, just tell God, I give you my yes. Lord, I say yes. Yes. I, I want to obey you. I want to see the world change. I want to see the earth change. I want uh, social justice to come from heaven above. Oh, God, we're crying out for it. Oh, we're, we're, God, we're asking you for the weight of your presence. Oh, King Jesus and all of his glory. Father, whatever you do in these places, Lord, whether there's healings and there's great deliverances, God, we give you all the glory. God, we give you, no, this isn't a time where man takes uh, the glory from God in this hour. This is when it's all God. It's all God. It's all God. Only those who are willing to surrender that only, oh, God, are the ones that will be moving in this new manifestation as he releases it and releases and releases. Lord, we long to see the church ministering in purity of heart and hearts that say, I love you. Lord, we just say, I love you. I love you today. I love you, God. I adore you. I worship you. I praise you. I put my trust in you. I give you everything, just of my whole life, God. Interrupt our days. Interrupt our days. Interrupt our nights. Awaken us, God. Don't let us go back to sleep. Lord, I know it's a season of angelic, angelos messengers that you are sending out in the spirit, Lord. Angel messengers to come and, and bring encouragement. And, God, to wake us up. God, don't let us roll over and go back to sleep. God, we thank you that we're telling me. I thank you, Lord. I was invited to this party. This is a Holy Ghost party. This is a Holy Ghost season. I'm, I thank you that I'm invited to participate in this awakening. Awakening. God, help me wake up early. Help. Father, I speak to those who are suffering and been assaulted on the battleground of their sleeping patterns. Right now, I pray for a Holy Spirit deliverance from an assault on sleeping patterns. I call forth a regular restful pattern to come upon those of you who are suffering from lack of sleep. And I call you forth to awaken the dawn with your cries and your prayers. And not because you've been up all night. Unless he puts you on a special assignment. 
Lord, I come against this attack that is depriving people sleep. And I speak peace. Lord, we do. We ask you to come and forgive us. Lord, I pray I will respond. We ask you for your healing and your deliverance so we can carry harvest and carry out the harvest in the fishers of As we close, we just want to bless all of you up there in Livestream land. We bless you. But we are going to continue on here. Anybody else that wants prayer or anything else?